Welcome to this episode of Hangout with Sujata, and I have a special guest with me today. He is Shane Lanigan. I'm uh, very delighted and curious to know what Shane has to offer to us, um, since I know him only uh, recently. So I'm curious to know more about his life, his journey through his playlist. Welcome, uh, Shane, to my show. Thank you for having me. I so appreciate it. Uh, it's great to be here, and, and I thank you to your listening audience as well for, for tuning into the program today. Okay. So with that, if you're ready, shall we go to your playlist and hear the first song, which is Sunday Drive by Brett Eldridge, right? Yes. So let's hear yes. the song, and then we'll chat on the side. They didn't ever say we were going. We just climbed into the back seat. Eyes wide open to the picture show outside. I guess we really didn't understand it all. I remember looking up at them in the front row, hands touched together, almost out of sight. It's been a long, hard week, but now the slow release of a Sunday afternoon. And we were only young, but they were trying hard to reach us. How was I to know that there was something so worth Son, don't drive too far. Your 
Mama gets pretty tired these days After a few miles I guess they recognize some places And I listened as they reminisced About a world that they had always known And how it's changing Probably never gonna be the same tears to my eyes when I listen to that song um, it really does yeah because it's like a song which is truly full of memories it takes you yes. back it certainly does it reminds me especially of the beginning of my life which is why I put that song first um, because I'm from Canada if your viewers don't know this already. And um, in Canada, it is, it is almost a rite of passage. Every child went through it in my age demographic um, where Sunday was a day that your parents took you out in the car and you looked forward to going for this long drive. And I think the song speaks, if, if you watch the video, the song starts out with two little kids in the back seat and the mother and father holding yeah. hands. And that was my image of my parental upbringing. But then it ends with the adult driving the car and the parents sitting in the back holding hands and just enjoying the scenery as I once did when I was a kid on a Sunday drive. Um, so it, it's a real personal connection to my heart because most of my parents are, are, are gone and the memories uh, bring back only, I cry with good tears, let's put it that way. They bring back great memories. Yeah, and memories uh, can be joyful also, uh, you know, full of uh, good memories and not always bad memories. They might be tinged with sadness but, uh, you know, when you look back, you smile through your tears, I think. And that's what the song means to you, right? Smiling through my tears. That is so beautifully put. Yes, that is what that song means to me. And as I say, 
it's the beginning of my, what I remember. It's the beginning of what I remember of my childhood and experience, one experience in that childhood. Yes. Wonderful. It's very so, joyful. Yeah. So with that, uh, I'm going to now play the next song, Only the Young. kind of a song from the first one. Yes, and this speaks to my childhood in the 1980s. And as it got to the latter half or even the midway point of the 1980s, I was a young teen, um, 15, 16 years old or 17 years, I forget now. But I had all the answers. My parents had no answers, even though they told me what the answers were, I knew better. So only the young can say, which is the, the chorus of that song, uh, speaks to my rebelliousness. Um, I was raised with a learning disability, neurodiverse. I was raised neurodiverse with a learning disability and I struggled and I was bullied. And the only thing I could really speak out and have my, my, my own control was when I argued with my parents and then eventually just stormed out of the house I did, as a teenager does. And, um, and so that song literally speaks to, I'm right, you're wrong, you do not know better than I do, mom and dad, which we all know now is, now that I'm a dad, my kids are saying it to me. Yeah. So it was, it, it was really, uh, that song really encapsulates my growing up. And that was by the rock group Journey, yeah, which is, they're cool. very big here in North America. And, uh, you know, they, uh, they have these, I, I'm a ballad type of fella. I like ballads, you know, and this really kind of, uh, uh, kind of fits to that for me. Yeah. I, I understand, you know, I know what you mean because we all go through those phases, you know, yes. especially in, in adolescence when we think we know best. It's only later yes. on in life that we will admit, if at all, that our parents didn't know what they were telling us. If only we had listened at times to them, maybe yes. things could be a little different. 
Yes, I agree. And and yet I I see it as uh, uh, something that some kids will do, but most kids will not even today. I I almost consider it a a development stage being opposing to your parents. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's part of growing up and learning. And then they come, as you know, probably quite well, they come around later in life and say, you were right, mom and dad. It took me till I was almost 40 to do that, uh, to admit to them that, yeah, they were right. And she said, it took you a long time, my mother. And I said, well, I'm a pretty stubborn fella. (laughs) When it comes to to the, the rules. No, the best part is that you could tell her that you were right and she could also rejoin and say that it took you a long time. Uh, There are a lot of people who, even if they realize that, don't actually say it. And sometimes, you know, when they want to say it, the parents are no longer there. And that is something which leaves some people with a lot of regret too, that they never got a chance to say that bit. So I always say, What's in your heart? Just say it, you know. Don't wait for another day or tomorrow, which may never come. Right, absolutely, absolutely. And I'm happy I was able to to make her- Exactly. Happy to hear what I have just, you know, what I I acknowledged that she was right. Exactly. And and she did, she got a great big smile on her face and. And I know my kids, although they're younger, they'll come around. Right now, I'm, I know nothing <laughs> to my kids. You, know you have to wait your time till, you, you know, they come around and say, okay, you were right. <laughs> yes, that's right. And they're only in their 20s, so I've got a while to go. <laughs> go ahead, a while to go, yes. <laughs> so with that, we go next uh, to... Stairway to heaven? Yes. Uh, let's wrap in, right? Yeah.
that was great. Um, so th that song, uh, believe it or not, I, I, I agree. It's as I funny how I listen to it now, how I listen to it differently as a, as a youngster. But that was uh, the mid high school days again. Um, I was a heavier set person at, in school. And I, I would really uh, was socially awkward because of my learning disability. And when I would go to a school dance with my buddies, male, um, there came this song. And this song was always considered in, in, in at least as, as long as I can remember across Canada, the song, the slow song to dance to with a girl that you liked at the, at the prom or the, or the school dance for a special occasion. Yeah. And, you know, by the time I ended up working up the, um, working up the intention, which took a while to ask that girl across the room for a dance on this last song, there were many times when I did nothing. But when I did do something and I went across the room and asked the girl for a dance, most times I got refused. And it was because of, I wasn't, you know, I was heavy set and I wasn't, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the sports guy or the football team type of fella. And, uh, and it really broke my heart. So I used that song for me as something to soothe my tears, soothe my hurt. But every time it came on, I still wanted to ask a, another girl to dance and, and never got that satisfaction, you know, of dancing that first dance because of the way I, I looked and, and I wasn't athletic and et cetera, et cetera. So that song for me was my song of dreaming of dancing with a girl. Yeah, I can understand. And, uh, yeah. you know, it's unfortunate. I've always said so because I've gone through, you know, life in its entirety, that people always pay a lot of attention to superficial things, you know. And I always say this, that uh, you are judged uh, always on based on your physical the moment uh, you are seen the judgment starts happening you know yes and especially we can say that in my case right now because you know <laughs> got behind me the picture of santa claus i look like santa claus they're already <laughs> whether people realize it or not they're already going through different types of judgments in their head exactly but whether you know, it and, was Childhood or now, you're being judged, you know, like by yes. and uh, nobody, nobody really looks at, uh, uh, you know, the the character which is within. Very well put. Yes, I agree with that, Sujata. Yes, very well put. And, and you know what people don't realize is that uh, the outer packaging is not all that what it is. It's inside. To know the inside. You have to get to know a person before you make an analysis or judgment or an opinion or whatever you call it. And you yes. could be very 
be surprised to see what it has. And uh, yeah, no, absolutely, I agree. I, I I think if they, I think if I think in our education system in North America, if if they if they taught a class on what you've just talked about early. I mean, in grades in grades one through five, they taught that. Okay, we have automatic judgments that come up, but you know what? Those are just erratic thoughts, and uh, let's set them aside and really get to know who we're looking at. Depend, no matter what they look like, because they all have gifts that, and nice things, and they're nice people. Maybe that you could create a lifetime friendship with if not a romance yeah because it's uh it's all about i i feel that's my opinion that uh, we are all unique and you know never judge uh, even i've not created this english language but there's a saying that never judge a book by its cover so yes. you know for example even the book that i have written i i mean a lot of people look at the picture and they say nice things and all and i always say that read the contents and then get back to me, you know, you'd be yes. quite surprised, shocked, whatever it is at how I shaped up. So it's not uh, anybody's fault also at one level because this is all about society and you know how we confirm to what we have been taught for ages and ages and centuries where we put uh, people into the, a box. And yes, you know, you and I, we know that we are a part of, uh, say, a non-linear thinking, and that's why we are in the octopus movement. But, you know, that's how it is, unfortunately. Until today, it's the same thing. So, yes. and I see it happening all the time, even now. You do, do you? Of course, even now, I know that people will judge me. You know, like in every conversation, it is there. When you meet somebody, they will ask you, where do you stay? You know, they will, you know, ask you the what car or what vehicle or whatever, if you have one, what is it? You know, the neighborhood that you stay, you'll be immediately, you know, it's, uh, it's faster than the computer microprocessor, you know? It'll be, yes. You know, you'll be totally like, it's like billing tag. So they'll totally sum up your worth based on whatever sum or figure that they're doing, you know? And Absolutely. If, if you're dressed in a certain manner, they will not even think that you could be spiritual if you're say wearing good clothes or branded clothes and all, then they think they put you in another box, you know, but I always say people can be spiritual irrespective of what they wear. You don't have to, uh, you know, be like those so-called gurus who also come in a package, you know, if just yes. because they wear beard, I mean, no, <laughs> nothing to do with your this thing, but you know, they have these uh, clothes which they wear and they have this certain kind of a thing that then, so then, you know, you, you immediately peg them as that. But right. I, what I'm seeing is people like you and me can also have our wisdom, which is equally equal to the so-called, you know, gurus or so-called leaders or so-called spiritual, this thing who we go to listen. I mean, would they listen to me? Of course, now some people do because they've read my book, but I'm just saying that it takes us a longer time to say we have the same wisdom as the other guy in the garb. You know yes. what I mean? Oh my goodness. I have never heard it put that way. And that is the truth. What you've said, in my opinion, 
is truth. Yeah. Yeah. There, it, it's all about the way we look and, and, and what we're wearing. Like I say, if I was to put on a, a long robe. Yes. Sleeves, I would be a wizard. Yes, exactly. Or a, or a guru of some type. You or know, they'd be or something. Or they just uh, wore the clothes that all these, you know, spiritual uh, leaders or uh, people of faith wear. You'd be immediately put in that box, right? Now, they don't yes. know what you do in your private life, you know, but uh, that's how it is that initially they will just uh, look at you and put you, you know, okay, you're a person of religion or faith or whatever you call it. Yes. Don't see who you truly are. And you could be totally different to what you, you have put on. So absolutely. And, and, and not to, um, not to drag, drag out the topic, but I think it's very important. I have tattoos, lots of yes. them on my hands, on my arms, yeah. uh, and people see that. And I'm a life coach here in Canada. I'm a neurodiverse life coach. And uh, so I help people who are stuck in their lives. Um, yet my, my business logo shows me with my arms crossed with mm. the words naughty and nice. And, uh, and people make judgments based upon that. I'm sure of it. Yeah. Of course. I'm also sure of it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. He's got tattoos. How good could he be? Yes. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. So it's so true, you know, and uh, that's actually the sad part, I would say. It is. Because people, I think, miss out on discovering gems of excellence, as I put it. Oh, I like that term. I like the gems of excellence. Wow. Very nice. Yes. So I always say that, you know, like whether I write, do this podcast or I write about people, it's about finding the gems of excellence. You know? Yes. Yes. I, I love that. I really do. I think that's, you're doing a great service to humanity. <laughs> Thank you. So with that, We'll go to the next song, Wanted, Dead or Alive. Bonjour.
Okay. So what's the significance of this song? Well, uh, from a very young age, I wanted to be a police officer. And my mother told me because I was neurodiverse, that would never be. I could never pass the test to become a police officer. And she always, I remember as a child said, why don't you try pushing a broom in a, in a factory somewhere? And, you know, they pay, they pay pretty good and just be okay with that. And that's the way my father went and the way my brother was raised. And they all went into the factory life. And I just couldn't see myself doing that. And so I pursued my police dream. I got it. I passed the tests after probably 10 times of trying. And I got to wear the uniform of a police officer that I, I just stared at myself. I remember when I first got it, I stared at myself in the mirror looking at myself in this uniform that I always wanted. And then my career started. And so what that song means to me is being on the police department back in those days, uh, which was 25 years ago now for me, we were young. I was, I was always with a young partner. We were go-getters. We arrested the bad guys. We, we had you know, the tenacity and the want and the energy to hunt the people who were doing bad things in the night. And uh, so that song to me is that, is represents that time of my life. Wanted Dead or Alive is the name. And that was typically back in my day referring to me, not the bad guy. Uh, you know, because they, they, this is the time where, you know, police killings were on an all-time high and, and people were starting to lose respect for the organization. So I would always listen to that song before I went out on duty to pump me up, to get me energized and ready to catch bad guys. And, uh, and, and I, you know, it's sometimes I, as I reminisce, I'm, I'm reminiscing now 25 years later and the song still excites me and it brings back great memories of being in a job where you got to see the world on a stage acting in all sorts of ways. It was, it was in, in, in North America, it was like, it was better than TV, what you saw minus the death but if it was a car chase or a, or, or a foot chase you know you're chasing a bad guy down for breaking in somewhere um those were the times where you're you you're just i just i loved it it was part of me and i'd go home and throw on that bon jovi song and i'd get goosebumps so uh it was more of a rebellious song uh to the bad guys whether you want me dead or alive, I'm still coming out every night to find you. That's right. And, I, uh, and I'm happy to hear about that part of your journey because uh, I think I shared with you that I have had a strong connection with police officers at different stages of my life. 
and uh, you know there there's a lot of uh, there are both sides to it where people find sometimes look at you with awe and you know there's a thrill and sometimes they look at you with fear because if you have you know if you have done something wrong just the sight of the uniform is enough to make you you know be wary from inside and uh, at, at the same time there are also as you said you know there's been always a history of police officers there have been bad actors there and uh, yes. that gets the entire department into trouble and people quickly make again judgments and think that oh you know everybody is bad when yes. it's not true there are officers who lay down their lives in while doing the duty and there are also officers who are human beings and their sensitivity and their you know compassion comes out only when you have the opportunity unfortunately to come up to them up close because you have gone to them when you needed them the most like in my case so i have dealt with encounter cops you know the cops who were license, who were given the free hand to kill the underworld dons they have stood yes. by me at different stages of life then when my daughter got raped then also they were the ones who held my hand when the entire world shunned me and it was yes. ironical because i used to tell my daughters do whatever you do but don't go to a police station or land up there you know because the uh the fear or the scare of just a few bad incidents colors you know everyone's perspective and image especially when it's to do with uniform whether it's yes. police tree or any kind of uniform it carries mixed feelings for you know everyday citizens or people in life so yes very true and, and go ahead no no you go ahead I will tell you that one of the very first things they they taught us is the first contact with the citizen is your presence, what you're talking about, your uniform. That's the first level of either help or deterrent. Before you even speak, it's your uniform, it's your arrival. That whole arrival does something different for everybody. You're so right. And I'm glad you, you went into that because it really does. And I'm going to say this to you and, and, to, your, and to your listeners in, in, in all honesty. The job when I was on it was a young man's dream because you had all of a sudden you had this man who didn't have a girl to dance with at the prom in high school. As soon as you put on that uniform, if you were ugly or you were beautiful, you were gorgeous. It didn't, it yes. didn't matter. You were gorgeous. Whoever was looking uh, girls wise, I had, you know, you were a rock star. You lived this rock star lifestyle here in Canada because you had girls falling over you as a man. And that was new to me. So I really enjoyed that. Um, but then we have a term here called badge bunnies. And these are just groupies that hang around police because they figure they can 
you know, if they get stopped by the police for speeding, they can just drop a name and they'll be let go. Uh, so they had no real interest in my looks. They just wanted to be close to the uniform. And it took me a while to realize that. But yeah, and, and there is bad apples in every organization, but I'm very proud to say that the men and women that I've served with over the years have been impeccable police officers and good human beings. Absolutely, and uh, uh, my book uh, is uh, dedicated to the police officers who helped me in my toughest time. And uh, I have had the privilege to meet the finest and the best at least of Mumbai police officers. And uh, isn't that wonderful? And that's it's uh, that, that's what life is all about that it was a tragic incident which, uh, you know, led me to know them. But I can't uh, be, you know, it, I can never be enough grateful for what they did for me. And some would say cynically that, oh, they were just doing their job and duty. No, that's not true. You know, they sometimes yeah. oh, they go, they walk the extra mile and they, it goes beyond duty when you help somebody, you know, like that. So it's not that, okay, just because of the uniform, you're doing what you're doing. Because if that Absolutely. were true, then there wouldn't be any bad characters or actors in any organization, right? The moment we put on a garb, then we would be true to the... Yes, uh, very, very that, true. And that's and well awesome. said. Let me go to your next song, which is okay. Taylor Swift, Exile.
So Taylor Swift and, and a gentleman by the name of Bon Iver bon, uh, yes. both uh, sang that song. And yeah. this now brings me past my policing days after retirement. I, uh, I had developed post-traumatic stress disorder and had to retire early from my dream job. So I went on a spiritual journey after that. It has to be a cleansing of sorts because you, you can't be a, a normal citizen and still think like a police officer when you're not. So it requires, it took, a, it takes the average officer that I've seen about five years to truly kind of the whole police type mentality and everything comes out of them and they start to kind of see, oh, there's, there's beautiful life out here. Not everybody's bad. And um, so what this song did for me is two things. It was during my spiritual journey and what I loved was how two people, if you, if you ever get a chance to watch the video uh, with both Taylor Swift and Bon Iver, um, you will see that it's being recorded in two different locations. They were never together singing, each one recorded independently, and then they brought both singers together, you know, in technology. Um, but what it really does is it speaks to, for me, a girlfriend that, and it seems kind of funny to me now, that I had at 19 who turned into my fiance. I asked her to marry me. I was in love with this girl at 19 or so. 19, you're in love with anything that's a woman. <laughs> I can look back and say that now. Uh, and, and being as I had very little experience uh, with women, um, it was, a, it was a, a, a song for me, a breakup song. And it was with regards to this, uh, to this one particular uh, young girl that, that, like I say, I asked to marry me and she said yes. Um, but her parents came along and when she moved in with me, it lasted about two months. And I remember her parents saying, the family is moving to a faraway place. We're coming here to pick you up, get in the car and we're leaving. And with that, she did. And I... I remember as she was driving away, falling to my knees in the in my driveway because I had I had very little control over what was going on. But as the song says, I I remember it all too well. So it was about a love that was lost for me, uh, a huge love before I met my current wife. I, and and I never did end up marrying this girl. And I don't know where she is today. I have no idea. And, and that's irrelevant. I, I have a beautiful wife that was waiting for me as I went through my life. And, and I found her. And uh, so, that yeah, that's what that song meant to me. Yeah. So that's true. You know, we at the moment, we don't know what's in store for us. Maybe something more better, more beautiful. But 
when it happens, when heartbreak, rejection, or any kind of trauma that happens, at that moment, you see that only. I mean, you don't look beyond at what could happen later on. That's so right. it's like, you know, if I always say this, that when you're walking down to give an analogy and you fall down, you are going to be hurt, you know? And it's what you do with the hurt is important. Do you dress it up with the bandage if it's a minor thing? or it's a wound which needs stitches, then you do that. Or, you know, depending on the wound and the hurt, that's how you treat it. And yes, then you tell, yeah. you have to tell yourself that, okay, this happened to me, how best shall I deal with it? Yes. Some yeah. carry it uh, all their lives, depending on, in context, I'm, I'm just giving a, an example, but, Heartbreak and rejection takes time to get over. You know, yes. anything which has emotions of the mind and the soul takes time. Even PTSD, if you look at it, is, is over a period of time when you have been bruised and wounded, not from the outside, but from the inside. And that stays on, that lingers on. And that's yes. how you get post, you know, PTSD. So. Absolutely. And, and what, what kind of put the, the finish on that whole topic for me was uh, her best friend called me up laughing at me and said, oh, your, your, your fiance, and she named her by name because they were good friends. Uh, she told me you fell to your knees or crying. What an idiot. And she laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed. And I was very hurt by that. Uh, yeah. I, my girlfriend had, be, my fiance had betrayed me, I thought. And up until two nights ago, I thought that. I was angry. I thought, how could you do that and tell this woman this? Well, it turns out this woman that she told, this good friend, turned out to be later on within three years, one of the most notorious serial killers in Canadian history. Wow. <laughs> yes. Wow. Yes. And her and her husband, him and her husband would abduct young girls and, and kill them. And so this this friend at the time um, that that laughed at me was was then jailed. I mean, it was a huge media production here in Canada. And, and the fact that I knew her and met her, met her husband once, who was the, 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 the other killer. Um, and I, it brought a lot into focus. And so my wife said to me just the other night, what if she, what if she called you this, this girl and said that to you without your fiance's knowledge? What if she just wanted to kind of put the, you know, put the, the screws to you a little bit uh, emotionally, because she didn't like that you took away her so much time with her friend, her best friend. And I went, I never even considered that. My wife started to laugh. She goes, she may have never said that at all. It could have just been the friend making it up to hurt you. No, and I, uh, never considered, I never considered that. Now, you know, and, and uh, so it, it's an interesting viewpoint. We'll never know. But that was why that song meant so much. No, but uh, it's true that uh, women uh, can be sometimes more astute, astute, you know, in the thought process than men. 
and um, not to do with any gender bias. But you know, the, what you said is very interesting. And I said, wow, because this is exactly, uh, I have a book in my house, which is called Toxic People. Yeah. And it's my Bible. And uh, what I'm saying is that those, like she made an unkind comment and she laughed. It's not to be sometimes taken lightly. You know, children, when they are bullying, when they are young and they bully, parents uh, overlook it, teachers overlook it. You know, serial killers and criminals are not born. And if we, uh, if we miss those signs, because there are signs sometimes, and if we miss yes. those signs, that's when, you know, we let it grow into something so terrible. But yeah. I believe that there are signs there. So when people are unkind or they're cruel, don't take it so lightly, you know, because yes. that's how it might be. Uh, the killers who get caught are one thing and those who never get caught, what about them? The smart ones probably never get caught and probably there are so many crimes which we never come to know, right? Absolutely, uh, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, it's so true. Uh, so yeah. it was a very interesting circumstance. Um, and uh, my wife went to school with one of the one of the girls that was kidnapped and killed was her best friend. And I, I didn't. And so when my wife and I met, and we and she, you know, we talked about this because it's our local town here. So it was the talk of the town. When we met several years later after it had happened and I found out she was good friends with one of the victims. And I was, and I here met the female and the male serial killers earlier. It was, it was mind boggling. It was mind blowing that we both had a connection so close to this case. Yeah. And these connections uh, are what, what involves deep thoughts about it because if, I may say so that they are not always coincidences. No. It happens no, for a reason. That. You know, you meet yes. people also for a reason. Absolutely. And uh, I think you lose people also for a reason, but definitely there's something called a reason. You call it destiny, you call it whatever you call it, but things are not coincidental. That's what that's yeah. for sure. I mean, I've seen that in my life including my spiritual journey where I say that I met or I felt the presence of God. So it happens. There are things you can't explain. Nobody can explain. So you may rubbish it, but that doesn't take away from it being real. Yes. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yes, absolutely. You, you speak so well about this topic. Yes. I totally agree with you. Thank you. Okay, so with that, we go to the next song, which is Constellations. Once was a season of infinite light where the distance from heaven was not far behind. I was close to you. I was close to you to carry me back 
was a beautiful song i just wasn't it though i love the words like coma i believe um it, 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 and and that song i i make a part of my life now because one of the things that i do every single day is after my wife and kids go to bed at 8:30 p.m. I go and sit outside underneath stars in the winter or the summer. I put a blanket on my chair and, and I sit there and I listen to this song and songs like it. And it speaks to being alone with yourself. 
mentally, all by yourself. What, what is happening? What are you thinking about? What happens to you emotion? What happens to your emotional state uh, or emotions or what troubles have you had all day? These types of things. And those that I spend about three hours outside the night from nine till midnight uh, in here in Canada. And I just sit in the dark with my headphones on listening to this music and I contemplate my existence as part of the planetary whole. And sometimes, and this is just my personal opinion, sometimes the person who, who is a, a, a helper, a light worker, somebody who believes in universal energies and 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 coincidences don't exist i agree with you um people who believe in that it can it can be a little bit of a lonely journey at times and unfortunately you can't take anyone with you 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 must go through it alone to find who you are or whatever you're trying to find for you and whether that's I need a better relationship or I need to change my life considerably into something that is more beneficial, uh, easier on me and more thoughtful. And so you go through, in some cases, you'll divorce your husband or your wife um, and you'll go off midlife. I'm saying for in their forties, they'll go off midlife divorce. And They'll go off and they'll say, who am I? That'll be the first question they ask. Who am I now without my husband, without the house and the cars and all of these things that people think that is the ideal North American way to dream? What, what do I do now? Now I have, the, I have the floor literally pulled out from underneath me and I'm just floating. And, and so that song for me speaks to that being alone in the dark. But still moving forward knowing that you're going to be looked after but you have some lessons that you must achieve first that you must go through alone to find out who you are for your benefit for your life you have to know yourself first before we can love somebody out externally we have to love ourselves first yes and uh... <laughs> I feel that I've always felt that I've been alone. It's like I would sum it up with, I'd rather be alone than be lonely in a crowd, if you know what I mean. So yes. it has to do with that. And uh, uh, there's nothing uh, sometimes bad, wrong, or sad to be alone. No, being, no that's being, right. Being alone is different and being lonely is different. And it yes. depends on your, uh, how mentally uh, you are dependent on others, you know, to give you that feeling. Uh, as far you know, I like this song because it talked of darkness. You know, the sun could be shining outside, but if your life is full of darkness, it doesn't really matter whether you have thousand watt bulbs in your house or the sun is shining outside. For you, it is yes. dark. You know? Same way when we close, it becomes dark. But ask a blind person, it's always dark for them. Yet, 
we see a lot of light which we don't see. Yes, I agree with that. Yes, 100%. Absolutely. And so I try to, in my life coaching business, I try to show people this. Now that I'm on the other side of that experience, yeah. it's okay to get to know yourself and to, to, to take care of you first and foremost, because without that, as we all know, you can't take care of anybody. You can't help the people that will come to you in your life seeking your wisdom if you yourself haven't walked through the different stages that you need to learn. Yeah. So true. Yeah. So with that, I go to the next song, which is Rescue Story. Okay.
So there's a song that uh, has a lot of great words to it. I hope, I think you'll agree. Yeah. Um, for me, this speaks to my current life these days. Um, and a, a time when I was going through suicidal thoughts earlier in my, in my early days of PTSD, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, um, suicidal thoughts and, you know, taking your life. It was all about thinking that way. I was really in the depths of, of this pit that I didn't know how to get out of. And it was, the, I was in full depression as well. And two people I want to mention stepped to the plate to be my rescue story, to bring me out of that pit by putting their hands out and helping me. And I say that, uh, I, I, I say that figuratively, uh, pulling me out of the pit. Um, and they did that. And the two, two women are, one is my wife. She was my very first and still is my rescue story. She has stuck with me through enormous hardships, both for me and for us. And she has been my, guiding rock my rescue story and she's there she's a caregiver to me um in my with my many different diagnosis that i have in my neurodiverse uh, way um, and the other one is uh, a lady who was a life coach that i had known for 20 years but didn't know she was a life coach and when we reconnected after 20 years just randomly on Facebook. I said, what are you doing now? And she said, I'd like to show you if you'll allow me. And she said, if it doesn't work for you, it doesn't. Now, I was in 18 years of psychotherapy. What she did in four sessions, four one-hour sessions, this life coach completely did what, what the 18 years of psychotherapy couldn't do. And I apprenticed with her, with her permission, and I was hooked. I was hooked. It, it took spirituality, which I have lived for since leaving the police department. I live in a very spiritual, not religious, but a very spiritual way. Um, this took it and gave it steroids. And the message on how to live in perfect surrender to anything that happened and be happy. It's just, it's just things happening around you, really. I call myself a weatherman. I say because I can take you and show you many storms. And the storms I'm referring to aren't the, aren't the rain, although it will appear to be that when it comes down on you, but life circumstances is what I'm really saying. Those storms are what you create in your head that create fights with your, your, your family or your friends or your coworkers. That's what I'm talking about when I say storms. So they rescued me and they were my rescue story, both of those ladies. And, uh, and so that's why I chose that song. And I'm very grateful for having both my wife and my, my mentor in my life uh, to this day, helping 
and guiding me when I have bad days. I so resonate with what you say because as a mentor, that's what I do. And uh, I call the two ladies that you mentioned as human angels that were sent to yes. you. The story is about the human angels and they are your yeah. human angels. They are the blessings that you have in your life. And I really like what you said about the weather, man, because that's another thing uncannily, which I always tell people, you, you can be prepared for the weather, which is of, uh, you know, given to us by nature. So like if there's a storm or there's rain, there's, there's you know, snow, you can, you can be prepared for them, but you yes. are never really prepared for the weather or the storms that come into your life through people, through incidents that happen and rock the bottom. That is something that you're never prepared for. Yeah. Yes, you do have the choice how to deal with it. However, no, no matter how bad it is, you do have a choice. And what I like about you, Shane, is that you never give up. You know, Thanks. you have had many storms, but you never gave up. When you were told that you cannot pursue uh, the dream of becoming a police officer, you did become, so you never gave up. What if you had listened to your family and just given up? Because that's what children do most of the time. Whatever they have been told, they cannot do. They just, it's, you know, you're limited by your own self-belief or your self-doubt. There's nothing yes. that is impossible unless you give it a good try. At least make Absolutely. it, at least make that try, you know, before you give up. And so whether it yes. was feeling suicidal, it was pursuing your dream, I think you are a person who does not give up. Thank and I admire that. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Uh, I really do. I, I, I guess my rebellious nature served me well as I got older. My determination, we'll call it, when I got older. Uh, in pursuing my dreams. And I can say, literally, if I was to pass tomorrow, I've literally done at 53 years old, everything I set out to achieve so far, I've done. And I consider myself fortunate because not many people can say that. Absolutely. People can live a lifetime of longevity and have nothing to share or to, you know, uh, inspire. And people can lead short lives and they leave so much behind, you know, to Isn't inspire. The truth? Yes, definitely. Definitely. Okay. So with that, I go to the next song, which is There Was Jesus. Oh, good, okay. Every time I try to make it on my Every time I try to stand and start to fall And all those lonely roads that I traveled There was Jesus When the life I built came crashing to the ground When the friends I had were nowhere to be found 
Yes. <laughs> Good. Uh, that song for me, um, and, and as I as I spoke about just a few minutes ago, I'm a spiritual person, uh, but that song you'll see, you know, there's there's a theme of Jesus being in your life, and he always is. Um, my personal belief is Jesus has many names. He has many names to many different cultures, but we're all talking about the same enormous power, the, the energy that is the consciousness of living on this planet. And it talks about being on the mountaintop and in the valley. So that guidance is available to all of us all of the time if we know how to tap into it. And so that's why that song for me, um, 
I, and I love Dolly Parton. That was by Zach Williams, I believe, and Dolly Parton. And, and I love yes. their duet together. But beyond that, that song holds meaning for me because it tells you that you can take whatever you call your higher power and know that it'll follow you to those mountaintops and it'll follow you into those valleys and never leave you. You're never alone. Um, so it's, it's really to consider that as a, as a life lesson. I agree because that's how I, uh, as I told you that I found uh, the presence of God. I mean, I'm not born Catholic or Christian, but I found God in the uh, church of Montserrat in Spain. And I found my angels uh, in a little monastery in Spain. So I know that, you know, it doesn't matter what religion or what uh, your belief system is. If God or the higher power wants to uh, make their presence known, they will in different ways. And yes. you will know it when you experience it. So it's something which will happen at the precise moment when it has to happen. You know, and we may have to go yes. through a traumatic journey uh, to discover our spirituality, but that's a part of the process. That's right. Yes. I totally agree with that. And, and I, I, you know, people I find now are starting that spiritual journey in their, in their late thirties, mid to late thirties. Now I get clients that are, are, are just now beginning to ask deeper questions. And I find that very interesting, but before that, you're still, I know everything. You're, you know, you're still in the mindset of, a young, of a, young, a young man or a young woman in that I'm okay. I know everything. I can handle it all myself. And, and it is about 35 or 36 years old where you start to realize, oh my goodness, 40 is approaching. And what have I done? Who have I, how have I, am I happy? Who have I uh, associated with? Why, have, why do I keep subjecting myself to toxic people? And Absolutely. so it's a questioning stage of finding yourself at that, at that point. Yes, and it's, a, it's about, you know, you'll keep being surrounded by the same if you don't learn your lessons, you know. Yeah. So unless you learn the lessons, it will come back to you. It's like when we went to school, we had to keep learning, keep learning and passing the exams, right? The same thing yeah. it is life. So if you have the lessons and you don't learn, then you'll have to keep repeating those lessons. And what I mean by them is that, you know, we have all kinds of societal standards of how we should be, who we should be, what we should be doing right from the time that we are born. It's up to us that we think that, no, I'm, not, I'm going to question things and I'm going to, you know, discover myself in the best possible manner by questioning and by doing things, you know, and not being dictated yeah. by society. And when we, when we have this kind of an approach, then it will be a little smoother. The ride will be a little smoother or the climb if, you're, if you have the analogy of climbing a mountain, it will be, you know, a little bit better, but you have to go through it and you have to learn your lessons, I always say. So if you don't, yes. if you feel that you're doing the same thing, 
why am I subjected to the same kind of toxic people and all this? Because you've probably not learned to say no, you've not learned to walk away. And uh, the best example is that there are marriages, they say, not all marriages are made in heaven, so to speak. You have to work at your marriage. And if it doesn't work, then you have to learn to walk away. Uh, right. There are couples who live a lifetime of misery in the marriage because that's what they've been told. Or the culture has told that once you're married, you can't go out. You know? Yes. So it's yes. not a question of just opening the door and walking out. The mental block is here in your mind. Yes. I agree. Yes, very much so. And what I love about uh, this next song, uh, it talks about uh, with Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper in yeah. the shadows. It talks about um, being together at low points in your life, being in the shallows together. So, uh, you know, uh, the shallow water in, in essence um, uh, of life. And and still maintaining your your got your peace and learning at the same time with your partner. Yeah. So let's hear the song. All right. And that's the last song, right? Uh, yes, absolutely. Yes. Okay. <laughs>
Wow. I, I, you know, I, I love to sing along with that song. Um, Lady Gaga is, is a big mental health uh, advocate. Um, yeah. She suffers as well. She is neurodiverse as well. And this song with Bradley Cooper for the, for a movie, it was a soundtrack for A Star is Born, which is a remake of a, a movie back in the 80s that I saw, I, I originally saw. So this song, even though they're actors, at the Academy Awards, I watched that song live. That's where you hear the crowd. And they exuded love. When they were singing to each other, you could feel the energy. So, so touchable of love that I, I was in love with the meaning of the song. And the fact that this was two people who had, who acknowledged they have struggles in their life. And then they say, now we're, we're far from the shallows now. Means they made it out together. Yeah. And, and that's a beautiful, beautiful message. Yeah, it's, uh, it's the destination if you can arrive at from the journey, you know, yes. of life. And if Absolutely. you make it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, my, my love of music is, is strong. Um, it speaks to me differently now as, as the man I am today. Uh, I listen to the words. I don't just like the tune. I listen to the message. And that's what I fall in love with, is the message of each song. And as I say, you know, now as I still continue on and I learn every day in the present moment, my journey and I'm learning and I will continue to learn for a lifetime. It never stops. I'm a student of life as everybody is. And I, I, I just wanna say that there is no goal line. There is no finish line in, in this life except for death. And even then you go on to live on, I believe in the universe as an energy. But for this human existence, I, I really like to say that look and take life in small bites and quit envisioning a finish line that we all race to, that I've got to beat you, Sujata, to the finish line. Because if I don't, I won't win. You know, we have to erase that kind of concept from our mind. It's an old paradigm that we were taught by yeah. broken people, in my opinion. And, and that was in the educational system back in the, back in the time where we were young enough to be in school. Um, we didn't realize they were people with problems, just like us, except they were adults. And so that flavoring, I, I believe, went into all the teaching, whether they were teaching math or what have you. If they were divorced and angry, you're going to get taught in that angry way and so on with other types of feelings. Um, so it really, as, as I go through my own life, these songs that we've played today for, for your listenership um, speak to my beginning and to present day, right through to present day. And I look forward 
two future songs that I come across that I can sing through the next chapter of my life. Beautifully said. So if there's a part two, then you can probably do it uh, in the second part of your second playlist of your journey. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, there is no um, there is no end to learning and there's no finish line because that's when you would be dead, at least. That's correct. So if you have the mindset of continuously learning, you continuously evolve, you know. And yes, uh, I, I uh, agree. So anything that grows does die the moment it stops growing, right? You yes. You Make sure you take any plant, any being. We all only stop when we are dead, right? So that's that, right. So yeah. No, it's ab it, it's absolutely true what you're saying, and 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 I hope somebody out there that's listening, that's in a a a time of life that's a bit confusing or or hard, they feel hardship, will take this and listen to us and this interview. And hopefully, absolutely, because uh, people do uh, this uh, whole uh, thing is about uh, sharing our wisdom and, uh, you know, sharing different unique aspects, giving different perspectives for people who may be not knowing what to do or who may need some guidance. So, you know, you can be yes. the light in this journey uh, by sharing your struggles and all who knows what one takes out of it so Absolutely. with that I, totally I would like to thank you shane for hanging out with me it was indeed a pleasure and honor to have you on my show and uh, thank you i really liked uh, our conversation it's and it's my uh, absolute pleasure and my honor to again be here today if uh, anybody across the globe would like to, to reach out to me personally, I can be reached at www.northpolelifecoach.ca. North, N-O-R-T-H, pole, P-O-L-E, lifecoach.ca, all one word. And uh, there you can get in touch with me and, and learn more about my philosophies of life as well. And Sujata, I have had the time of my life with you. I, I could spend hours uh, just talking with you. So thank you for this opportunity. Thank you. I'm glad that uh, Perry connected us. And that's how, you know, we got together. And, uh, you know, that's how friendships evolve. And I'm so Absolutely. happy. Absolutely. Thank you.